What's up, Mets fans? I'm Matthew Cerrone from MetsBlog.com and SNY.TV. It is Tuesday, May 15th, and this is the State of the Mets. In typical fashion, uh, fans and media kind of blew Dave Island's comments out of proportion, uh, you know, when he was talking about Noah Syndergaard the last couple of days, basically saying, you know, I think the direct quote actually was, it was he spent two and a half years in the big leagues, so I don't know where all the expectations come from. I wasn't here for all that, but he's yet to do a whole lot in the major league level. Now, is he capable of it? Yeah, but he's 25 years old, Island said. For the most part, every game he's kept us in it and given us a chance to win. I mean, if you really read that full quote and don't overreact to the headline, I mean, all Island is saying is that Syndergaard's been really good, but he's got a long career ahead of him, and, you know, he hasn't won a Cy Young. He hasn't, you know, there's a lot of things he hasn't done. He's got a lot to, to still accomplish in his career, and, you know, it's probably unfair to expect him to just go out and be the best pitcher in the league. Can he do it? Sure, but it's not like he has a track record of doing it, so... You know, I don't see the big deal, and, and who knows? Maybe Syndergaard's the kind of kid that responds to that kind of challenge. I know I watched a lot of the two of them in spring training, working together very well, pitching inside, working on busting batters back, um, stuff that Noah hasn't been doing lately, and I think he's been suffering for it a little bit. That ball's been tailing back over the plate, and I think he's he's paying for it. So maybe Island, you know, maybe this is part of a larger thing that Island's working on with him, and he's just kind of trying to get into his head and motivate him. I don't know. I mean, Noah is a smart, funny, uh, powerful guy. He's also sensitive. I know that. And so, you know, I, I trust that the coaching staff knows what they're doing. And the fact is, uh, Island and Callaway kind of want to create this no bullshit culture. And, you know, maybe this is part of that. So, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. If Noah goes out and throws seven scoreless innings, the next time he's out and strikes out 10 plus batters, no one's going to remember this comment, and it's going to be great, you know. And in fact, you may look at this and think, "Oh, it motivated him. It was just what he needed." And if he goes out and gets rocked, everybody's going to blame Island's comments. So, like I, to me, I just I got to wait and see how Syndergaard does. I'm not going to get too worked up over just the headline because I think the actual quote, you know, it's a little negative, but it's not the end of the world, and it's not really that big of a deal. There's been a lot of talk over the last few days about Ahmed Rosario and whether he's living up to the hype. And, you know, for me, I think he's doing just fine. John Rico talked to Matt Ehalt of the Bergen Record and basically said, you know, the Mets are satisfied with what they've seen. Uh, future's bright, et cetera, et cetera. And, I, you know, I kind of feel the same way. I don't know that I'm satisfied with his production over the course of 81 games. It's, it's a, actually a good time to review him because he's got 81 games under his belt. So you times that by two and it's 162 and you get a full season's worth of sort of, you know, a concept of Rosario. And if you do that, you know, he's not even a top 20 shortstop, let alone, uh, you know, an elite shortstop. The thing is, you know, you got to factor in a few different things. One, you know, he's 22 years old. He's playing a, a premium position. And he's doing it on, uh, you know, the, the biggest stage in the world in New York. So with all due respect to Francisco Lindor and Carlos Correa, like this is not Houston or Cleveland. This is New York City. And, you know, the Mets are expected to win a World Series even when they're not expected to win a World Series. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's a big spotlight. And I think the kid's doing fine, all things considered. I look at Xander Bogarts actually in Boston as a better comparison just because of the way, you know, the Red Sox are treated in Boston is similar to the way the Mets and Yankees are treated in New York. 
and you know, over the course of 81 games, Bogarts had the same amount of hits. He was a little bit more productive, but for the most part, you know, wasn't performing to the level that Red Sox fans were expecting and Boston was really critical of him. And now, you know, he's an elite shortstop. He's he's already got one war this season. He's only played 25 games. He started on the DL. I mean, he's, he, you know, if, if, if Rosario can be there in a couple years, I think we're going to be thrilled. Uh, again, I'm at his 22. He's only played 81 games. He's doing it in New York. You know, I mean, the fact that this kid hasn't broken down and needed to be sent back to the minors, I think is is unfortunately... A success in and of itself because I just think that's the way we need to judge prospects. We've seen enough of them come up and flame out. So when a kid comes up and holds his own, uh, you know, I think that's a good sign. And I think by neck by the end of the season, you know, he's already showing signs of improvement over the last month. He's hitting the ball in the air more. He's making a little bit more contact. He's not chasing balls out of the strike zone the way he was. It'd be nice to see him draw more walks, but I don't think that's who he is. So you know, the least he could do is be a little bit more. Uh, conservative with his swing, which he's been, and he's being a little bit more selective with when he's making contact, and he's putting a little bit more drive in it. My guess is by the end of the year, though he has no home runs right now, I bet you he ends with 5 to 10 home runs, 20 or so doubles, probably hit 250, 260. Um, it's going to seem like not enough, but it, I think he's going to end the year hot enough that it's going to you know give everybody confidence going into next season when I think he's really going to you know break out. I was less concerned with the bungling of handing in the lineup card as I am currently concerned with the people on the lineup card. <laughs> the Mets aren't hitting, and, you know, it's a problem. There's guys, and, and frankly, and I, I wrote this on Mets blog the other day, I, I don't envy the position Sandy Alderson is in because, you know, on one hand you have this, you know, very, uh, you know, awesome, streaky, 11-1, hot start, salt and pepper shakers, all this stuff, a buzz kind of, you know, Mets team to start the season, but they've been 8-17 and 17 since. A lot of the guys that helped them do what they did in the early part of the season are not doing that now. For instance, Cespedes, who wasn't hitting very well overall during the winning streak, was actually driving in a ton of runs and hitting great in clutch, high leverage situations. Now, he's hitting for a better average, but he's not hitting well in clutch high leverage situations. And his Drupal Cabrera's dropped off. Frazier's on the DL. Where the hell is Jay Bruce? I have no idea. I know where he should be, which is on the disabled list, because I'm convinced that this plantar fasciitis in his feet is, you know, while probably not a big deal at the start of the game, as the game progresses, I have no doubt, just based on my own experience with it and listening to other athletes talk about it, it's got to be impacting his game. I mean, he's on pace to hit 14 home runs this season. That is not why the Mets signed him to the contract he got. So, you know, he's coming off three straight years of playing 140-some-odd games and hitting 25, 30 home runs. So, like, I, you know, where he's at right now is not the player they need. Rosario, you know, he's doing fine, like I said earlier in the podcast, but, you know, it's not elite. It's not high-level production. Adrian Gonzalez has had his moments more than I think anybody expected him to, but he's, you know, not close to, you know, what, what you'd want out of a first baseman. Conforto, I think, is still trying to find himself after this shoulder surgery. Center field's been up and down. Lagaris and Nimmo were hot to start. Now they're not. The offense is an issue, and if I'm Sandy Alderson, I'm looking at this roster, you know, a month from now, he's going to have to make a decision whether or not he wants to start approaching the trade deadline as a buyer or approaching the trade deadline as a seller like he did last season. You know, in 2015, if you go back, the Mets started hot. They were 15-6, and six, just like this year's team was. 
2015 team was 36 and 37 in late June. The way the Mets are playing right now, they'll probably be around 36 and 37 in mid-June. So, you know, if you compare those two seasons, 15 and now, in 15, Alderson looked at that roster and thought, you know, if I make a couple additions, a Ioana Cespedes, get a reliever, add to the bench, I think we got a shot. And they did. They got to the World Series. This year, I don't know how he's going to look at the team. You know, I don't know what, he, what decisions he's going to make. And to be quite honest, I don't know. Like, if I were him, I have no idea what to make of this, this group. It's mostly the players he acquired in the offseason. You know, they're playing. It's not like they've suffered any, you know, huge catastrophic injuries like last year. You know, these are the guys he put together, and they're not playing well over the last, or for the, you know, 80% of the season, they play like garbage. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm very eager to see what he does. A lot of that's going to have to do, do with how they play over the next month. I've seen nothing over the past three weeks or so to make me think there'll be anything other than they've been over the last month. But, you know, hopefully they turn it around. If they don't and they're under 500 in June, I don't know. I don't know how what's going to happen. And um, it's a critical time because I think his job to a certain extent is on the line. Mickey Calloway is a new manager. You know, they've got players that they probably could trade if they wanted to really start a major rebuild. Don't think that'll happen, but there's decisions to make. And I feel like this next month is, is really going to dictate, you know, what they do. Speaking of June, this may as well be September, if you think about it, based on what I just said. And so the question is, can Mickey Cow, you know, is Mickey Cowway up for it as a new you know, first time manager? You know, what I've seen of him so far, I like what I've seen. He's made some mistakes that I think you would expect from a rookie manager. Um, you know, I did a, a, a spoke on a panel the other night with Bobby Valentine, which I'll put in this podcast feed probably in a couple of days, just some of the things that he said. But he was talking about how, for him, you know, he took over the Rangers when he was 35. He managed his first game. He said, you know, it was really about 600 games in by the time he felt like he was a big league manager, like he knew what he was doing. And, you know, that's six, seven seasons, five, six, you know, seasons or so. Cowboy is, you know, 40-whatever games into his career in New York with a lot of stuff that's gone on. Um, expectations, etc. So, I mean, I think, again, much like Rosario, it's the same thing. I think, you know, all things considered, I think he's doing a really good job. Um, you know, it's just the question is, can he pull this team together and really step up his game and their game during the next month? Because if he doesn't, I think the balance of the season is going to be, you know, not so fun. And while I think, you know, as far as managers go, I, I believe he's a good choice for you know, the overall season and managing a team into the playoffs, I think he could do all that. And I, I trust him being the leader, you know, for the future of the organization. But for the next 30 days, uh, that's a different task. And, you know, the heat's going to get turned up, uh, not just outside, but inside. And, you know, the reporters are going to start pressing them. Fans are start get restless. The calls to the radio stations are going to increase. Twitter is going to become a hotbed. You know, all that stuff's going to start circling City Field. And so the question is, how does he handle that over the next 30 days? Because, again, I think he's going to be fine over the next, you know, 300 days and, and going forward. But this next month, as far as 2018 season goes, I feel like this next month is a huge deal. I said it before. I'll say it again. And, you know, how Mickey handles that and how the players respond, I think, is going to be the story of this season when all is said and done. Thank you.
Thanks again for listening to the State of the Mets podcast for SNY.TV and MetsBlog.com. I'm Matthew Cerrone. We'll be back again uh, later this week, like I said, with some clips from uh, Bobby Valentine. They're, they're awesome quotes. He was on fire as usual. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, getting those uh, sound bites in your ear. So be on the lookout for that. Again, you can subscribe to all of SNY's podcasts at SNY.TV slash podcast. I highly recommend the Shea Anything podcast, and I've talked a lot about uh, the, the Jets one they do. I love that. I'm a huge Jets fan, I'm sorry to say. And uh, those guys have been uh, terrific this season, especially around uh, the draft and everything that's gone on. So check that out. And, of course, SNY.TV for all of your New York sports coverage. Like I said, be back again later this week. And, as always, let's go Mets!